Good morning, everyone, and uh, welcome to the Sunday service here at the Free Community Church. It's the 13th of February, which is also the 13th day of the Chinese New Year. Um, so if you are celebrating uh, Chinese New Year, I just want to wish you a very happy Chinese New Year and uh, hope that the coming year will be one that is filled with blessing, filled with good health, and filled with all of the abundance that God has in store for you. You are God's beloved, and we are come together as God's people to remember that and to celebrate that this morning. So whether you are joining us here on site this morning or joining us here online, either watching us live um, or maybe sometime during the week, we just want to warmly welcome you to, to the Sunday service. Thank you for taking the time uh, to come and worship together. It's very, very actually important. This um, is a spiritual practice to come and gather in community with one another to worship, to fellowship, to gather around the Word, to pray together. And really glad that you have made the time this morning to join us. So if you are here on site, maybe turn to your neighbor and just give them a wave, say hello to them. You can say hello to people. Yes. Um, uh, and if you're online, perhaps you want to just um, you know, acknowledge the other people who are online. Uh, drop a blessing or a greeting in the chat, live chat. And um, you know, our friendly moderators will also be waving and saying hi back to, uh, to you this morning. As we prepare um, our hearts for a time of worship together this morning, I'd like to invite us, if you're willing and able, to stand. Um, and let's respond to the call to worship together. Come in, come in and sit down. You are a part of the family. We are lost and we are found, and we are a part of the family. We know, God, that we who have gathered here are a part of the family, but we also know that the family is much bigger still. There are people we don't understand. There are people we disagree with. There are people we don't like. There are people who don't like us. Challenge us, God, to expand our vision of family until we see all of creation as one big family. Amen. So I invite you to continue to stand or you may sit down. Uh, let's join our hearts together for a time of worship this morning. Search and stop at nothing. 
thing You're just not that hard to find I will praise you on the mountain I will praise you in the mountains and my way You're the summit where my feet are So I will praise you in the valleys all the same No less God within the shadows No less faithful when the night leads me astray Thank you. 
Running after 
Please take a seat. Good morning, church. My name is Mark, and I'll be leading prayer for today. Uh, I would like to begin our prayer for today with the words from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 6, verses 20 to 23. I'm reading from the Revised Common Lectionary. Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, and when they exclude you, revile you, and defame you on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day, and leap for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven. So says the word of the Lord. Let us pray. To the God of many names, thank you for your love and care and for your blessings each day of our lives. Thank you for the time we've had over the last few weeks together and catch up with friends and family. 
for work, for rest, and for play. Thank you, Lord, for keeping us safe and for your healing for those who are unwell in body and in spirit. And always, in all moments, granting each one of us your abiding presence. Forgive us, Lord, for the times we doubt and resist your will. Forgive us for the times we run away and do not allow ourselves to be transformed by you. Search our hearts and test our minds that we may be true to you and ourselves in all that we do and say. While we do not always understand these stirrings in our hearts, we place our trust in you and we surrender to the counsel of your Holy Spirit who guides us in all times to discern your will. As a community and in our personal walk with you, open up our hearts to you in each and every moment, both the good and the bad. Help us not merely to hear, but also to listen, not merely to do, but also trust that you will always be with us in all circumstances. Grant each of us, including the pastors, the lay leaders, and each and every person who joins in and participates in this community, whether on-site or online, give us the clarity of mind and the peace of heart and always the courage to be your witness of love within and beyond this church. Now in the next few moments, hear our prayers as we name the concerns on our own hearts and lift them up to you. Lord, thank you for hearing our prayers. May you be glorified in all the days of our lives as individuals and as a community here in FCC. All this we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.
rising up from the ashes, God forever you reign, and my soul will find refuge in the shadow of your wings. I will love you forever and forever I'll Good morning. Thank you for joining us uh, as we continue on our sermon series, Home is the Way. We've been using Menti as an engagement tool for our sermons. And I want to invite you to join us at, uh, um, on Menti, whether you scan the QR code or you log into menti.com and use the code 85916241. We'll leave this up for a while so that you can um, get on to Menti. Um, I think sometimes um, there's some delay and sometimes we switch over the QR code too fast and um, some of you couldn't get on. Uh, but we won't leave this up for a while. And while this is left up there, I want to say something about this series. I think that this sermon series is not just an ordinary sermon series um, Pauline and I have come to realise. Yes, it not only sets up for the rest of 2022, but it also articulates our values and our principles as a Christian community. We hope that you can revisit these sermons because uh, now that we are now on hybrid and we are broadcasting on YouTube, um, these sermons are always online. And now with all the different um, volunteers who have helped us convert it to podcasts, you can listen to it in so many different ways. Um, we hope that by revisiting them, you can internalise what we've been talking about in this series. And uh, most of, many of you know that I'm a Star Wars fan. And uh, if you follow The Mandalorian, you'll hear, this is the way. We don't want this series to be dogmatic. We want it to be internalised and you know the values rather than just the rules alone. We want to model after how Jesus taught his followers. And so home is the way. It's about internalising what home means. Right? And throughout this series, we've been talking about home is where we feel comfortable and have a sense of belonging. Home is where we feel safe and be truly ourselves to be authentic. Home is where we learn how to love and be loved more deeply and authentically. Home is where we create and hold space for each other to grow. Home is where we take care of one another. And home is where we find healing. That's a rather tall order. And if we are honest, then some of us may, not have, may have experienced the exact opposite of this here at FCC. We need to be honest with ourselves. So I want to ask you this question. Have you experienced the opposite of what home is supposed to be here in our community? It seems to require a good split. And I want you to be honest, because we are not a perfect community. And if we keep thinking that we are, then one day we might be let down. Being honest helps us 
grow, transform, and allow us to learn from the mistakes that we make. Right? Thank you. It's almost a, um, a third um, no, but two-thirds have experienced that. I would say I myself experienced the opposite of what home is supposed to be here. There are times that I felt unsafe. There are times I've been hurt. We need to recognize that. We need to realize. Because if we don't, then we'll continue hurting each other. Some of you may have felt uncomfortable because we lack the awareness of how to create a welcoming and safe space for you. It may be differences in culture, ethnicity, gender identity, sexual orientation, socioeconomic background, nationality, and neurodivergence. Some of you may struggle to find a sense of belonging. Some of you may have been even hurt here at FCC and even by me. We are far from being the perfect community, but we are not. What we want to strive to be is to be a loving community. We have emphasized here a lot that we that you are God's beloved. No ifs and buts. We understand grace as something that we do not deserve, something that we do not have to earn. Grace isn't a transaction. Grace isn't a trade. Grace isn't an exchange. Grace is love. Grace is forgiveness. Grace is mercy. Martin Luther wrote this, The sin underneath all our sins is to trust the lie of the serpent, that we cannot trust the love and grace of Christ, and we must take the matter into our own hands. If we think that there is something that we can do to earn God's love and grace, then we are really not trusting God. It is from this realization that we are loved beyond measure by God that we begin to heal. While Martin Luther warns about not taking matters into our own hands, that doesn't mean that we are to be passive. It starts from accepting undeserved grace and it moves to our participation in working with God in transforming our wounds and our pain instead of transmitting them, like what I just talked about last week. It is not easy. And just like folks with physical injuries or illness, they have often they have to go for physiotherapy. We also need to participate in our healing. I want to tell you one of the accounts in the Gospel according to Luke of healing. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered the village, ten lepers approached him. Keeping their distance, they called out, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were made clean. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He, pro he prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asked, Will not ten made clean? But the other nine, where are they? 
was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. The ten lepers participated in their healing. They trusted in God's grace and love and followed Jesus' instructions even before healing took place. It was on their way that they were made clean. But beyond that, the Samaritan returned. Jesus tells him, Your faith had made you well. Healing isn't just on the outside, but healing is also on the inside. Healing means being made well. Healing doesn't happen just the instant when your condition is healed, but also after. As we respond to the healing with changes within ourselves, with gratitude and deeper faith. Do you see the order of what happened within the Samaritan here? First, he trusted and had faith in God's grace and love, then took action by following Jesus' um, instructions and moved towards healing. And then he returned in gratitude with deeper faith within. I want to emphasize this because sometimes we think of transformation as something to, that happens to us rather than something that we participate in. We want the pain and the wounds to just heal, yet we avoid doing anything about it. It is just like not wanting to seek treatment for injuries because we are afraid of the pain. I have to admit, I, ha I have that experience. I go to uh, my friend who is kind of a, like sensei, and when my knee has pain, he actually can adjust it by, you know, um, maneuvering my knee in a certain way, and there's a crack, and if it snaps back into place. That experience is quite painful. But after that, it, all the pain goes away, and I can walk properly, I can even go back on my runs as well. But that instant, it's sharp pain. And so... Nowadays, when I have a little bit of discomfort on my knee, I resist going to see him because I'm afraid of the pain. Of course, that makes me a lot more conscious of how I sit, how I stand, how I walk, how I don't aggravate the knee injury. But that pain holds me back, even though I know that after that sharp pain, everything will be okay. I'm still avoidant. So, I think that that's something that we need to pay attention to because when we, what happens when we don't clean up a wound? The wound gets infected, right? It festers and gets worse. We are to bear with the pain a little while as we disinfect and then the healing can begin. And this transformation and healing doesn't stop at ourselves. As an imperfect community of imperfect and hurt people, seeking God, seeking healing, seeking restoration, grace is critical. Because without grace, we continue to pass around our hurts and our pain. Grace helps us learn to transform our pain as a community. In the Gospel according to Matthew chapter 19, when Peter asked Jesus how many times should he forgive a sibling if a sibling sins against him, Jesus answered, not seven times, but I tell you, 77 times. 
And then Jesus told the parable of the unforgiving servant. Jesus says, For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle his accounts with slaves. When he began the reckoning, one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him, and as he could not pay, his Lord ordered him to be sold, together with his wife and children and all his possessions, and payment be made. And the slave fell on his knees before him, saying, Have patience with me, and I'll pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the Lord of the slave released him and forgave his debt. But that same slave, as he went out, came upon one of his fellow slaves, who owed him a hundred denarii, and seizing him by the throat, pay what you, he said, Pay what you owe. Then his fellow slave fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I'll pay you. But he refused. Then he went and threw him into prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow slaves saw what he had done or what had happened, they were greatly distressed and they went and reported to their Lord all that has taken place. Then the Lord summoned, his Lord summoned him and said to him, You wicked slave, I forgave all your debt, debt because you pleaded with me. Should not, should not should you not have had mercy on your fellow slave as I had mercy on you? Because we have been shown grace, we are to show grace to others. Love each other as I have loved you. I want to highlight that while grace isn't something that we don't deserve, it isn't supposed to make us feel bad about ourselves or make the other person feel bad. When we offer grace to others, it is not making the other person feel wretched, less than, unworthy, or to make us feel superior. If grace makes you feel less than, if grace makes you feel ashamed, then it isn't grace. I want to ask something practical. How do we show grace to each other? How do we show grace to each other? I want to invite you to think about it. It might stir up some thoughts, reflections, maybe some feelings about situations in your life, something that might have happened before, and something that might even be happening right now. Give the benefit of the doubt, helping others when, out when we can, to be forgiving, by being kind and encouraging with our words. Be kind and genuine. Assume the best intentions. Listen to each other. Show patience. By not pointing out their faults or things that irritate us, I'm not so sure if that's grace. I'll explain more later on. Accept and don't judge. That too needs to be nuanced. Not judging and acceptance comes with an asterisk, I think. Putting yourself in other's shoes, exactly what I'm going to talk about later. Clarifying when we need to, also what I'm going to talk about, very good. So a lot of you are actually resonating with all these values, all these principles that we want to have in our community. Be generous when we can, being humble, putting away pride, yes. When, when we show grace and there is a tinge of pride, it's no longer grace anymore. It's a sense of superiority that I'm better than you. 
forgive others, be empathetic. I find it hard to give grace to people who repeatedly irritated me, unaware of their actions and behaviour, especially those who have already excused themselves. And that's a very good reflection. And I think that perhaps I'll speak more to that as well. Thank you for all your input and your reflections. And some of us might have um, ex some experiences already. I'm not teaching you something new. But sometimes things need to be a bit more nuanced, right? Because some of the things that we've been taught might not be so helpful. And I'll explain why. I want to first talk about, I want to highlight grace doesn't mean we stop holding people accountable. Accepting that person doesn't mean that we do not hold them accountable for their actions or their behaviour. Grace is shown in how we hold people accountable. And when we don't hold someone accountable, we are actually doing injustice to the community and injustice to this person. You must remember, God forgives us, God shows us grace, but yet God still holds us accountable for our actions. So when someone does something wrong and we just let them off, they won't grow. There is no opportunity for transformation. Of course, nobody wants to do the difficult work of holding someone accountable because it is confrontational. And most of us don't enjoy confrontation. Have you ever encountered a friend, you know, occasions when your friend might say something that is racist or sexist or something that's just plain wrong? I have. I have someone that I, I, I worked a lot with, I have a respect for, who is an anti-vaxxer. And I struggled, you know, to call out all the research that he's sharing. It's actually nonsense. But how do, you, how do I say it in a loving way, right? If I don't say anything, then I'm actually not helping this person. So, what did you do in those situations when someone said something that was just plain wrong? Do you avoid doing anything at all? I suddenly remember it took me a long time before I actually spoke up against this person who was an anti-vaxxer. I didn't want to do anything because I didn't want to affect our relationship. And I think a lot of times we don't want to confront because we don't want to affect the friendship that's there. And this is the thing. When we show grace, when we hold someone accountable with grace, it helps to make it less confrontational. Grace is shown in how we hold people accountable as we do it in love and compassion. Remember, grace is unmerited. That person did, some, did do something that was wrong and may have even hurt and harmed other people or us. But grace does, means that we respond in a way that this person doesn't deserve. We respond in love and compassion. And we do not hurt, we do not punish this person for the sake of punishment. We do not seek retribution or vengeance. We don't lash out or retaliate, which is a very human thing, but show grace. Because God's justice is restorative and not retributive. It is when we reach out in grace that there is healing and transformation, both 
for the person that we're offering grace to and for ourselves. Both for the person who did the wrongdoing and the person who was harmed or hurt in that process. So I want to invite you to thinking about that. Another thing that um, was brought up by your answers is grace is not about making assumptions. Well, well, we assume the best of intentions, that's a good one. But not make assumptions about what people are going through. Grace requires us to be in relationship to understand. In the, in the parable, it was the other slaves who understood what was going on. They were in a similar situation. They were in relationship with one another. Right? But very often, we make assumptions. So someone brought up that we should put ourselves in someone else's shoes. Right? Putting ourselves in someone else's shoes is imagining yourself in a situation or circumstance of another person so we can un- empathize with their perspective, opinion, or point of view. I've learned in the past year that very often when I try to put myself in someone's position, I end up projecting a lot onto them instead. Instead of empathizing with them, I end up projecting my biases and my own issues onto them. And I want to give you two examples. One is, there are people who come to me who say that, oh, I cannot find a a job and I I need help looking for a job and all that. And then after some time introducing them to jobs and they weren't able to um, hold on to that job. And sometimes people are just asking for help. And I went like, can't you get a job? What I did was projecting myself in that person's shoes without even understanding that person's situation. I may not know all the struggles that this person is going through. And all I'm doing is that I am healthy, I am well, I can easily find a job. So I assume that you, who look healthy, should go out and find a job too. But that's not empathy. That's projection. I'm walking in that person's shoes as me. What we need to be doing is walking around in that person's shoes as that person. So, a good example that I actually um, learned from Teo Yuyuan's book, what, this is what inequality looks like, is about the people who live in rental flats. Right? I, I love this book. And I love it that this book is a bestseller for a couple of years already. This means that people in Singapore are interested in this issue, interested in the issue of inequality, in the issue of poverty. And so we want to understand Right? That's part of grace. You want to understand as well and be in relationship. And hopefully when we help people, we understand their circumstances. Many rental flats have flat screen TVs and other luxury appliances. And looking from the outside, you, know, you just realise, oh my God, their TV is bigger than mine. But think about it. That's us looking from the outside in. And it's easy to use this as fuel for claims that people who live in rental flats are not as bad as they, they claim. Or to judge these people for wasting money on what is unnecessary for basic survival. But it's only when we interact with them that we realise that some of this furniture is actually cast away from the people who are rich who change appliances like changing clothes. Or that the TV is a form of entertainment for the entire family 
who cannot, who cannot afford costs of going out shopping or even dining outside. Many of us will go and watch you know, movies very often. And for some of these families, they cannot afford to bring home the whole family out. The TV is the only form of entertainment they have. So loving someone requires us to find out more to understand. We need to avoid making the assumptions based on our own experiences. If we are, to, if we are putting ourselves in someone else's shoes as ourselves, we are only projecting. Right? I need to you know, just like myself, you know, wondering, why don't you get a proper job? But that's me putting myself in their shoes, right? Myself. I don't realize that a lot of these people may be caregivers for the very young or the elderly, and they cannot take on a full-time job because there's no one to take care of the elderly or the young. And so they end up with odd jobs that don't earn very much. Empathy requires us to understand, to try at least, right, to understand their position. And then there's also... Oops. And then there are also times that we read into what people say instead of clarifying with them. We project our assumptions and bias onto what they say. And this is not helpful in community. One way that we can show each other grace is by being clear. We deal directly with one another. And that's something that we need to learn because it's not easy and we often choose the shortcut of making assumptions or we triangulate. We tell everyone except the person that we need to tell. We have a problem with this person, but then we tell everybody else. We tell the cell group leader, we tell the friend, we tell you know, the pastors, we tell everyone else except for the person. Except for the very person who need to hear it. Of course, this is not saying that you don't reach out to ask for a third-party perspective or have someone to come in to mediate. But we need to be consciously working towards being direct with that person. If I have an issue, I want to talk with you and say, hey, you know, um, I, I realize that you've been doing this for a while or doing this. Um, I don't think that that's a, that's a good thing. I want to have a conversation around that. It's not easy, even for me, right? As a community, we need to learn to be direct and honest so that we can be authentic. Because if I go around everybody telling, you know, and telling everybody else, except for you, if I have an issue with you, then when I start en engaging with you or working with you on some things, I cannot be authentic. Because I have issue with you that's un unresolved, that's not dealt with, and I just pretend that everything's okay. When we learn to be direct and honest with one another, then we can take each other at face value without second-guessing what the other person is saying. There are several occasions that people come out and ask me, are you talking about me when you spoke about this in the sermon? And then maybe some of you are thinking about exactly this question, what I just said, right? The answer is no. If I want to walk the talk, really, preach what I teach, I will need to do the very thing that I say. If I have a problem with you, I will talk to you. 
what I'm talking about, you know, in general terms, is not about you. I, if I have concerns, I want to be able to tell you in a direct and loving way. And this is an area of growth even for me, offering and receiving feedback. I tend to get defensive when receiving feedback, especially when I perceive the feedback as an attack. And this happens very often because it comes from my own wounds. While growing up, my mistakes are often seen as failures, right? I think uh, growing up, the adults in my life, my parents, my grandparents, were very harsh. A small failure is, is you know, earth-shaking. And you get scolded, you get punished, just for something very, very, a small infection. And what happens is that I take on all these wounds, and all this, perhaps you can see it as some form of trauma, as who I am. And so, my mistakes are, instead of being learning opportunities, I end up being told that I am a failure. And I take on all this shame and unworthiness. So when I make a mistake, I feel ashamed. Rather than, how can I not make this mistake again? How can I learn from this and how can I grow? Pauline has helped me a lot in this area. And from this trauma being scolded as a child, even when people are offering constructive criticisms today, I can feel the child inside me curl up in fear, in shame. It is still a wound. It's still there. That child who has been hurt and scolded, you know, something you do accidentally, like you broke a plate accidentally, you know how much clothing I got? You know, cane come out. You know, it's, a, it's an accident. I didn't want to break the plate, you know, yet you're, I'm punished for it. As I'm healing, as I'm dealing with it, I'm able to see it more clearly and I'm, see, I'm able to relate better with people. And I've come to see that when we avoid dealing directly with people, we often act also in passive-aggressive ways. I also act in passive-aggressive ways. I see a lot of that in myself. I think that we learn it through our parents, maybe in our culture, because it is very important to maintain harmony. So we don't talk about the actual issue. We skirt around it. And we deal with it in, um, with silent treatment. Or you get angry, but you don't talk exactly about why you're angry. And then you end up having cold wars. I think that we need to learn to deal with issues in a non-passive-aggressive way. And to do that, we need grace. Instead of being angry at someone but saying nothing to that person, right? Like, and, what, and worse, like what I said just now, you tell everybody else about, except that person, we need to learn to be clear about what we are feeling and communicate to that person exactly why we are feeling this way, why we are angry at that person. It is still an area of growth for me. And in moments when I'm not grounded, in the moments when I'm tired or worn out, I still react passive-aggressively. And that is when I need your grace. Grace requires us to remain in relationship with one another. When we offer grace to each other, we need to remember 
grace is never deserved. It is this grace that heals and restores both the one who is hurt and the one who caused the hurt. Grace breaks the cycle of transmitting hurt, resentment and pain. It is this grace that creates home. Home where we feel comfortable and have a sense of belonging, where we feel safe and be truly ourselves, where we learn to love and be loved, where we learn to hold space for each other to grow, where we take care of one another, where we find healing. This is how loving each other as God loves us looks like, with grace. People who live in grace are free. I want to share with you a video from the Lutheran minister, Nadia Boatsweber. I really, I know Pauline and I are kind of fans of hers. And she shares a lot of things that are very uh, um, insightful. And I think she's rather cool. Yeah, the video. believe that when someone else does us harm, we're connected to that mistreatment like a chain. Because forgiveness is nothing less than an act of fidelity to an evil combating campaign. So it's not an act of niceness. It's not being a doormat. It really, to me, is more badass than that. Maybe retaliation or holding on to anger about the harm done to me doesn't actually combat evil. Maybe it feeds it. Because in the end, if we're not careful, we can actually absorb the worst of our enemy and on some level even start to become them. So what if forgiveness, rather than being like a pansy way of saying it's okay, is actually a way of wielding bolt cutters and snapping the chain that links us. Like it is saying, what you did was so not okay that I refuse to be connected to it anymore. Forgiveness is about being a freedom fighter. And free people are dangerous people. Free people aren't controlled by the past. Free people laugh more than others. Free people see beauty where others do not. Free people are not easily offended. Free people are unafraid to speak truth to stupid. Free people are not chained to resentment. That's worth fighting for. There really is a light that shines in the darkness and that the darkness cannot, will not, shall not overcome it. What she said, it's really important for us to take in. So much so that I want to repeat that. Right? Retaliation and holding onto anger about the harm done to me doesn't actually combat evil. It feeds it. Because in the end, if you're not careful, we can actually absorb the worst of our enemy and at some level, start to become them. That's the power of grace. 
because we do not allow ourselves to become the very people who have harmed us or hurt us. I want to say it slowly so we can absorb that. So forgiveness and actually and grace, rather than being a pansy way of saying it's okay, you know, uh, it's nothing, but it's actually a way of cutting us and freeing us from the chains that, hope, that links us. And it's saying, what you did was not okay, but I refuse to be connected to it anymore. Because our anger, our resentment, our wanting revenge continues to hold us prisoner and connected to the person who have hurt us. Grace and forgiveness frees us of that. Forgiveness, and I really love this part, is about being a freedom fighter. Because free people are dangerous people. That's why they are so afraid of us. That's why people are so afraid of grace. Because we break free of all the things that hold us back in that cycle, that relationship with people who have harmed and hurt us. Free people are not controlled by the past. Free people laugh more than others. Free people see beauty where others do not. Free people are not easily offended. Free people are unafraid to speak truth to stupid and speak unafraid of speaking truth to power. Free people are not chained to resentments. And that's worth fighting for. And people who live in grace are free. Welcome home to Free Community Church. Amen. Now we have come to the Holy Communion segment of the service. We gather each Sunday at this table, even though at this time we are not all physically together. The table of God's feast transcends time and space because God's love transcends all boundaries. So this table recognizes no boundaries. Here at FCC, we celebrate an open table. This means we do not have to meet any criteria. You do not have to be a member of FCC. You do not have to be baptized. You only need to recognize that God's grace is sufficient. God, God of, of mercy, mercy and justice, and justice be, be with, with us. We, we lift our hearts to you, not because we have to, not because we are supposed to, but because, but because it's how we respond to your unconditional love, because it feels good to know we are loved. As long as there have been people to tell them, our ancestors in faith have shared stories of your mercy, of how you gave food to the poor, clothes to the naked, 
and shelter to the lost. As long as there have been people to tell them, our ancestors in faith have shared stories of your justice, of, of how, how you gave freedom, freedom to the, the enslaved, opportunity to the outcast, outcast and, and peace to, to the, the war-torn. You acted with both mercy and justice, rescuing the Israelites from slavery in Egypt, providing them with manna when they were hungry. And your people acted with both mercy and justice, like the prophets who cried out to care for a widow, orphan and foreigner, and those who provided food, shelter and community. You have shared your mercy and justice with us, not only as gifts to be received from you, but as gifts that we are to share with the world. We see this gift most clearly in the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus showed us what the life of mercy and justice looked like. In, in mercy, he gave food to the hungry. With justice, he broke social customs and shared tables with the powerful and the lowly at once. In mercy, he cared for the sick. With justice, he broke religious custom and healed on the Sabbath. In mercy, he had compassion for the poor. With justice, he spoke out against the empire that helped them in poverty. In mercy, he washed his disciples' feet. With justice, he died without protest to expose a corrupt system. On the night he was handed over to the unjust system that killed him, he protested by sharing a meal with his friends. There, he took bread, gave thanks for God's mercy in providing it, shared God's mercy by giving it to his friends, then called them to remember the injustice of his broken body every time they ate bread. After they ate, he took the cup, gave thanks for God's mercy in providing it, shared God's mercy by giving it to his friends, then called them to remember the injustice of his spilled blood every time they drank wine. But, but that, that wasn't, wasn't all. all. God's mercy and justice burst forth when Jesus died, and his resurrection gave hope to all those who hunger for mercy and thirst for justice. God will always equip those who seek to share mercy and justice. Even death cannot stop God's incredible grace. So we ask God's Holy Spirit to be poured out on this meal, on these gifts of mercy, bread and juice, that we may remember Jesus' ministry of mercy and justice, that these gifts of mercy may become for us the body and blood of Christ, so that we may show mercy and do justice, not just for ourselves, but for the transformation of the world. May I now invite the stewards to come and distribute the elements? So please uh, just wait for the stewards to hand the elements over to you rather than put your, hin put your hands in to collect them and hang on to the elements so that we may partake of it together as a community.
Let us partake the elements with gratefulness. I invite you to, to stand if you are able and willing to. Together, God, God through, through this, this meal, meal, we, we pray, pray that, that your grace would empower us to do justice, justice to, offer to offer mercy, and to do so with humility. You have you given, have given us, us your Son as an example, and your, and your Holy, Holy Spirit as advocate. Give, give us the courage to do your work in the world. world. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Uh, please hold on to the elements and then you may dispose of it as you get out of this place later. Good morning, church, and uh, welcome again to the Sunday service of the Free Community Church, um, where free uh, stands for first realize everyone's equal. And uh, free is also the freedom that we find in Christ. And free is also our desire for each one of us in order to thrive, is to be free so that we can also free others. So thank you, Miak, for the sermon. Uh, today is uh, actually the second last um, installment in this series. And next week, we're going to be wrapping up a Home is the Way series. And uh, I hope that you have got something from this series I know we've certainly uh, had a lot to reflect on on what it means to be community to, here at the Free Community Church. And I hope that um, you will find community here and you'll be able to find a home here and we can create a home for one another in this space. So welcome again. Uh, on the next slide, we're going to just give some information. If you are new here with us, you'll see a QR code. Um, if you would like us to be able to keep in touch with you and reach out to you, find out what your needs are and how we can serve you uh, as this church, uh, we invite you to scan a QR code or go to fcc.la/welcome uh, to give us your details. Promise that we will not spam you, uh, but uh, very, very gently and uh, lovingly reach out to you and invite you for our newcomers uh, session also on the 27th of February, which is the next one, uh, where you'll be able to meet some of us and uh, also find out a little bit more about the church. And this happens both on-site and uh, online as well. Uh, so no worries where, whether you can be here or whether you want to join us uh, online for that. But uh, for all of our newcomers, a very warm welcome home. So we're now going to continue um, our worshipping God with our offering. And um, this is the time where we uh, bring, um, we take a, a moment um, as God's people to steward our gifts that God has given us, uh, to look at how we can serve um, one another through our giving, this ministry of giving. And while you're preparing to give this morning, I want to first um, encourage you that uh, all of the um, offerings and the pledges and the tithes um, that go towards either the general fund or the building fund um, is actually used for the, the, to bring the ministry of FCC to life. 
and uh, we are not part of a denomination. We don't have a foundation or, you know, people who have left estate to us yet because we're a fairly young church. So the last 19 years of ministry, yes, 19 years of ministry has been done entirely on the generosity of you and me and us. So I just want to say that to you a big thank you. And I also want to say that, you know, many times we're going like, okay, we do this week in, week out, and yes, it's a spiritual discipline. Yes, we want to be able to, to, to give. But do you know that actually there is an encouragement, a very specific encouragement in the Bible for us as we give? And I want to just read it for, uh, to you. And this is uh, Paul's encouragement to the church in Corinth um, from 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And I want you to receive this encouragement as you prepare to give today. And he writes, um, He who supplies God, that is, uh, who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, will multiply and so will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way of, for your great generosity, which will produce thanksgiving to God through us for the rendering of this ministry not only supplies the needs of the saints, but overflows with many thanksgivings to God. So God bless you as you prepare uh, to give this morning. So there are a few ways that you can um, give this morning and join us uh, to worship God in your giving. You can scan one of those QR codes to, uh, to give by PayNow. Uh, that's great whether you're on-site or online. Another way is that you can give by credit card at freecomchurch.give.asia. Uh, that's my favorite because I get points uh, and I get to worship God with my giving. And the third way you can do is you can, if you're here on site, is that you can raise your hands up um, if you want to, uh, to, to uh, put cash in the offering bag and the steward will come up uh, to receive your giving. As we prepare to give this morning, would you join uh, your hearts with me for a word of prayer? God, we thank you for raising this community. We thank you for the faithfulness and the generosity of the saints of this house for the last 19 years that we can be your church here in, uh, as FCC, being poured out into the world, being called to serve the, the community and the people that come through our doors here. God, we thank you for that you are indeed a faithful and generous God who supplies all the seed that we need. And God, we thank you that we can be stewards of these gifts and be able to sow into this house. Help us to be able to manage these uh, resources well and be able to be a blessing and a great ministry to the people that you have called us to serve. In Jesus' name we pray, all of God's people say, Amen. Can I invite the stewards to come forward to receive the giving? Thank you, church. Alright, so for those people who I haven't met, uh, my name is Gary and I just got a few announcements for you this morning as we wrap up the service. You know, it is uh, the 13th day of the Chinese New Year and uh, some of you might have uh, heard that um, we sent out a little bit, we couldn't meet as we usually do as a church for our reunion lunch or reunion dinner. So we were very sad and uh, we decided that, um, actually we didn't decide, Jeff decided there's a great idea to be able to engage people by doing, um, finding ways to come together to do, um, you know, the Lohei Yishun celebration, right? Where we come together and toss uh, this salad with stuff in it, a lot of stuff in it. Um, and so, um, 
there was just so much incredible response to this and so many groups came together either as um, um, cell groups, whether as ministry groups and um, you all have actually wanting to get uh, your hands on a prize for you know these three categories of, of uh, areas that uh, Jeff uh, wants us to be able to um, you know, win, which is the most inclusive lohe, the most colourful lohe and the most creative lohe as we celebrate as community. But because Jeff is such a generous person and because the people who donated the prizes are also so generous, we've actually added uh, one more category, which is the most energetic lohe. And also, um, you know, just because we are FCC and we love everybody, uh, everybody uh, is a winner who submitted a, pr uh, a submission. So, yay. So you're going to hear from, from Jeffrey, but I'm going to use this opportunity to show you the people who actually have uh, been awarded for each of the categories. And I have got your prizes here, which I'm going to give to you if you are here. Um, I think uh, Jeff has indicated to you that uh, the representative to, to come forward to help to, uh, to receive um, our gift to, uh, to you. Um, so the first one, which is the most inclusive alohe, <laughs> um, is uh, goes to uh, uh, Sprout Three, and uh, you can see it up there that they submitted this. Um, uh, thank you for your inclusiveness. Different races uh, from and doing the alohe um, simultaneously uh, over um, digital media, uh, you know, over video call from three different locations. Uh, so. Uh, can I get uh, someone to please come forward uh, to receive on behalf of Sprout3? Yay! Alright, so from inclusiveness, we move to colourful. And so um, the, this group um, is uh, Emmaus, a cell group, and they um, uh, added colourful spinning lights uh, that went round and round and round uh, while they were doing their lohe, and that's a picture uh, up there of their submission. So can I invite uh, Jay? Thank you, Jay, for that lovely picture. Here is your prize for you and your entire cell group to enjoy. Yes, actually, there is a prize for each person in the picture, okay? So we are very, very uh, generous <laughs> to make sure that there is enough um, you know, goodies inside this, um, this uh, pink tiger stripe ang pao's that uh, we we're giving out today. Uh, the third uh, submission for the most um, creative... Uh, one is actually uh, the Huang family's uh, gathering um, where they did a US-style lohe which included uh, ground beef, lettuce, peppers, cheese, onions, tomato, salsa, guacamole, and tacos. Um, yes, very, very creative indeed. Um, it does sound like a, a really lovely taco salad that you toss. <laughs> Um, and, um, you know, I'm actually getting really hungry and I might go for Mexican after this. But um, it, unfortunately, uh, then, uh, they are joining us online. So your prize is here, Huang family, and we'll get it over to you. Now, the last one, uh, actually, it was a video submission. Um, and uh, that came um, from the Unique group. And uh, I thought I might as well just show it to, it, to, uh, to you, the um, submission. Yay! All right, play the video. We are here at Unique and we are going to celebrate the Year of the Tiger through this inclusive region. We are going to shout and celebrate in the different languages we know. So, Year of the Tiger! Lahu! 
Harimau and Tiger. Tiger. I'm a close. Uli. Tiger. All right. Fala, everyone. All right, please uh, give them a round of applause and uh, Chong Lip, would you come up and receive that on behalf of your group? <laughs> All right, so as, uh, we just want to say a big thank you to, for everybody who participated and submitted and thank you for uh, being community and creating community and creating a moment of celebration and joy um, this Chinese New Year for you and your uh, fellow friends uh, here at FCC. Hope that uh, you know, we've got two days left for Chinese New Year. Uh, still not too late to rush down to uh, you know, um, organize one. Um, and uh, hope that uh, this is uh, going to be a time of really good time to fellowship and to bond where we can uh, in groups of five and staying uh, safe at the same time. All right, we've got one more announcement for us uh, today. And, and this announcement, it, you know, first uh, was uh, uh, talked about at our last year's World AIDS Day uh, service. So we're actually going to be doing um, a session called Save Spaces. And what is Save uh, Spaces is to be able to equip us on how that, you know, not just FCC being a safe space, but how we can be a safe space uh, for people living with HIV. So it's a, going to be a, uh, um, a call, a virtual meeting on the, um, uh, over Zoom. And uh, if you're interested in uh, joining this uh, um, session, a uh, very simple, uh, simple way to register for it is go to fcc.la slash plhiv and uh, please register your interest. The session is going to be on the 24th of February, that's in two weeks' time, um, at 8 p.m. Uh, so I encourage you to uh, sign up for this and uh, find out how that you can be a safe space for others living with HIV. With that, uh, that concludes all of the announcements. I'm going to invite uh, Pauline up uh, to give us the benediction. So as you're willing and able, would you rise uh, for the benediction today? So wonderful, right? That we can celebrate this season together and to celebrate God's grace in our lives, both individually and as a community. Will you receive the benediction? God of grace, we stand before you here truly and only because of your love for us and for the grace that you have showered upon our lives. God, for some of us, we may struggle to truly receive that grace and to experience it deeply and freely the way that you have wanted us to. Help us as a community to walk together, to heal together, to transform our pain together so that we can be the free people who free others. So now go, and may the God of grace, our God of shalom, go with you now and always. Amen.
So we've come to the end of our service today. Thank you so much for joining us and have a blessed week ahead.